When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time. Wednesday edition, it's Hail Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. We welcome in the Hall of Famer, the historian, author, Mike Babcock, with us from Hail Varsity at MD Babs on Twitter. Babbers, it's uh, stocking hat weather, my friend. And uh, true or false, you have a Grateful Dead stocking hat. And will you rock it on Saturday? No, I don't have a Grateful Dead uh, stocking hat. I do have a Chicago Bears uh, stocking hat that I have already pulled out. (laughs) Um, But, uh, you know, I do appreciate this opportunity to announce uh, officially that I'm not a candidate for the head coaching job. (laughs) Mike, you've seen a lot of ball, brother, and you've seen a lot of change the last 20 years. How do you rank and rate this coaching search cycle with the others? Um, this is probably a little bit different because we've got, we have an interim coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, beyond that, I think that they've all been kind of like, you know, is this happening at Nebraska? You know, because you can remember when it was stable consistency, you know, that it, there was stability there. There was uh, consistent success, regular uh, appearance in the in the or national championship relevance on a regular basis. Now, I know the game has changed uh, so much has changed over that time. But still, this is probably uh, in the in the age of. Uh, social media and the internet this is probably much more dramatic and different than anything that we've gone through before well mike how do you rank just the quietness of this coaching search because i think back the first one i truly remember is the bo pelini cycle where you knew there's bo pelini and turner gill were were the top two candidates and uh, i think bo pelini kind of differentiated himself through that process so it, it wasn't necessarily all that much of a surprise when bo pelini was announced and then you look at Mike Riley, where that was completely out of left field. I was at a dentist appointment on, I think, like a Tuesday morning. And you went, who? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, the dentist appointment. And I go, who did Nebraska just hire? And I had to go, like look into things and like sell myself like, oh, okay, well, maybe with more resources at Nebraska, he can do better than he ever did at Oregon State. But that was like a, a big who won. And then with the Scott Frost cycle, it was, there was just about one candidate that would have made everybody happy. And that was Scott Frost. So not necessarily a huge surprise whenever that one was announced either. So what's your take on just the quietness of this one and the potential for Trev to, to go out of left field? Well, um, 
it's quiet from Trevor's standpoint, but it's certainly not quiet. From the, <laughs> is it ever <laughs> quiet from, from the media standpoint? <laughs> I mean, it's incredible how many coaches have come and gone here. You know, they've been into Lincoln and have talked about the job and didn't. And then we uh, found out somebody else was uh, really the lead candidate. And now we're down to the, I guess we're to Matt Rule. And I don't know who else is figures in there because it seemed like everybody else is still coaching, right? That's the feel. A a coaching job, but the rest of them do. So that figures into it too, right? I mean. It it, it does. What do you think of Rule? um, You know, uh, it, it was impressive what he did at Temple and what he did at Baylor in terms of making a quick turnaround. Um, one of the things that that I'm impressed with, uh, with, with Rule was um, when he went to Baylor, he hired a couple of high school coaches, I think, to be assistant coaches. You probably talked about this. One of whom is now the head coach at Texas Tech. His D coordinator, yeah. Yeah, um, which says that he understood the dynamic there that you needed to have connections in Texas to recruit um, because I've seen people on Twitter say, well, he's not a good recruiter. Well, he obviously made good decisions um, from that standpoint there. Um, the, the one question I have is that he, he didn't stay at, as head coach at Temple very long, what, uh, four seasons, mm-hmm. three seasons at Baylor, and then moved on, or was it four seasons at Baylor? It was just three at Baylor, but he jumped from group of five. In the, He's really been the only AAC coach to make the jump to power five and, and do well. And find immediate success. And, and, and do, Well, I mean, he was one and 11 first year at Baylor, but he went seven and six I'm, and then I'm 11 like and three. First job. You find a lot of guys that make the jump, struggle, go to another job. You look and at Frost, you look at Herman, you look at Fuentes. I mean, guys have gone from the AAC in some really good spots where you go, wow. And they had some big and impressive wins, you know, uh, in either a bowl game or a non-conference. I guess you can throw Hypel in that list now with, with Matt Rule of guys that found success. Sure, early on. yeah, but he, he long-time assistant in the Power Five. You know, that's, that's, uh, that's a winner, Mike. You nailed the fact that the guy knows what he doesn't know, and that was, that was presented in Texas, and he can – reach out and, and get advice and, and make a good hire. And, and that that will be key if, if he is Nebraska's target and things end up moving that direction. Yeah. Um, and 1-11, first season at Baylor, and then uh, division champ in his third, right? And 2-10, and his first season at, at uh, Temple, and then back-to-back 10-win seasons his last two seasons there. So he, he – he built programs quickly, or he, he developed those programs in a, in a hurry. But again, he didn't stay anywhere very long, um, and and that would be, you know, maybe that's because of where he went from Temple to Baylor, and then had the opportunity to go to the NFL, and and uh, didn't stay there very long either. But uh, for a different reason. But and I think that that's. Even though he didn't have success in the NFL, that's probably a positive, right? Coming back to college, because yeah. you're, uh, you're a college years. guy versus an NFL guy. Yeah, I mean, look, yeah, if, you, I mean, if you look back at the last ten college football head coaches that went off and took a head job in the NFL, 
only three of them had records above 500 by the time they left that program or, or still with them in, in terms of Pete Carroll. And the other, the third one of there is Bill Bryant, who I believe was, uh, excuse me, Bill O'Brien, who was two games above 500 or something like that. So the, the, the translation's not there. More often than not, college coaches do fail in the NFL. Yeah, and and but for the players that you bring in when you're you're back at college, look at it and say, well, this guy did coach in the NFL. He knows what it takes, you know, and that's my goal. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe I'm going to go play for him. Uh, kind of a thing. So that's an advantage there. But, I, you know, there's – I would hope that if if he were the guy, I would hope that he would retain Nicky Joseph on staff. You know, I just I, – I, Mike, I'm just interested to see where – we'll never know, but where is Mickey on the list? Yeah. Yeah, we, we'll never know. You're right. And, and, you know, I see people again saying, well, he doesn't have uh, experience as a head coach – at a at, at a major college at, at the at the at the top level, um, and that's important somehow. But I, I don't. I'm not the person making the hire, so I don't know if that's if that's a critical negative uh, on his resume or not. Because I think he has a good resume if you look at all the things that he's done. I think he's. This is the worst case scenario uh, of who you're who you're replacing. Not that. People weren't done with Scott, but the fact that, all right, he was supposed to be the the air quote chosen one. You come in, it's it's a makeshift hail mary staff anyway because you were forced to make changes a year ago, and now you got to take over and and pump up a team that, oh man, our coach just got popped and now we got all of this season left and listen, you're not going to get to go to a bowl game and that's too bad, but what he has done and then you factor in the injury situation. And if we're just real honest, either from a, from an evaluation or a development standpoint, something's been missing the last several years with the football program. And you put all of that together. It's, it's, it's really impressive that Mickey for the most part has had this team ready to go about every Saturday. They haven't won. But to me, I've seen enough of a window to go from, hey, thanks for taking one for the program, Mick, to the guy needs to be considered. And, and that's Trev's tough decision here. I've just seen enough from Mickey to, to be wowed and swayed. Or, I, I, you know, I've, I, I think Rule's a, a good option. I really like Leipold. And, and I'll, I'll echo that again where – you know, just talking with folks, the the dynamic of being at a basketball school is very real. And, and Leipold Babbers has shown the ability to, to, to want to move on to tough challenges. I mean, look at look at what he built in Buffalo to, to voluntarily go to Kansas just because it was a power five jump. Well, you know, and, and look, look what he accomplished at Wisconsin Whitewater. I mean, his, his, where he went to school and um, yeah, he 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 did a. He did a move that, and I know him a little better than mm-hmm. than most. Um, I was surprised he left Whitewater, to be honest with you. But he took on the challenge at Buffalo. He did a good job there. He took on the challenge at Kansas. We're seeing results there. Um, the question is, does he want to move from there into this situation, which he has some familiarity with mm-hmm. because he was involved in the program at one point when Callan was coach. Um and that's the thing about 
uh, Mickey, that I, another thing that's been brought up is you need to go outside the program. You need to get somebody that isn't, that hasn't been directly involved in the program to start from a different place. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad, the, the fact that he's been part of the program. My sense is it's a good thing because if you haven't been part of the program, you have no idea what the pressure is here. You have no idea. I mean, you look at it and look at what Nebraska has done over the last several seasons. You'd think, well, there were probably not going to be a whole lot of pressure there because people just want to get back to whatever. Uh, that's not the case. Once you uh, once you get a taste of postseason again, it's going to jump from thanking God that you got to a bowl game to, dude, when are you going to win the division? When's the conference championship drought end? When's the New Year's Day six happening? And it just ramped up even more difficult potentially with no divisions and Hollywood coming to town with UCLA and USC. Babbers, about 30 seconds, bud. What's coming up with Hale Varsity? Well, the basketball issue of the magazine should be out here pretty quick now because it went to the printer on um, and then we're going to start planning for the December issue, which uh, probably is going to entail a, a identification of a new head coach for the for the football team. So um, a lot of work ahead. Uh, you never know one day to the next. It's always something. That's what I've that's what I've learned in my time covering Nebraska. It's always something. You know, there's never a day off. It's always something keeps us on our toes. Babbers, stay warm, buddy. I want to see that Bears stock and have Saturday. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. There he is. Mike Babcock with us. I think the leaves are frozen. We didn't get into the leaf battle for a third straight week. Mike Schuhart, I doubt he's on the tee box, but you never know. Hail Varsity continues.